Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Would you give me a beat? This is your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and it's my pleasure to introduce your host, the founder of SoloInTheCity.tv, dating guru Cheryl Besner. Good evening, Cheryl. Good evening, Dan. How are you feeling today? Great. Yeah? I'm well, great. How are you? recovered from last night? Absolutely. Well, totally uh, recovered. Yeah, well, it's also been your birthday week, right? May, might be my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And what a way to celebrate. Last night, you know, we were at Pandora last night recording our show, and I just love the environment there. And, you know, it's one of the only places in the city, well, first of all, with that great view, but second of all, that they do this sneak and chic every Friday night where they have live music. Very few places do that kind of dinner club anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was fun, right? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, and it's always great to see Shahara performing, and um, they always have that 11 o'clock DJ. So, guys, if you're out there and you want something to do fun on Friday nights, join them at the club. All right, and we'll be airing that episode next week. Next week. Yeah. That's right. And it's all about nourishing your soul. So it's it's a lot of fun, the show. All right, stay tuned. So this show is all about uh, the modern dating man. That's right. Well, that's it. We're going from women's things to men's things all the time. And yeah, it's coming up. We decided to talk about that a lot because it's Movember right now. So that's a big topic on uh, everybody's forefront. Yeah, and we're going to have a professional wingman on the show. He's our guest coming up in a little bit, Thomas Edwards. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about wingman because people have very different misconceptions about what a wingman is because there are so many different kinds of wingmen. So it's going to be interesting because he's like the real life, um, what was the name of that movie again? Hitch. Hitch, that's yeah. it. It was Hitch. So, you know, it's um, going to be fun to have him, but there's so many things going on. And I wanted to talk about some of the things that I've been reading about this week because there's really interesting things that happen when I'm in a restaurant and I see people on their phones, whether they're women with women, men with men, or on their dates, or even in married life. Hmm. This seems to be a phenomena. They actually call it snub or something like that, where it's phone snubbing. Oh. Yeah, where you're sitting and having dinner with somebody, and you're so busy on the phone. Yeah, the phone, the phone on the table, right? That's 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 such phone a, on the table. Yeah, that's a bad move. Well, and it seems to be destroying a lot of relationships. I mean, there's been studies. Baylor University just con- um, conducted a survey of over 400 people in relationships, and their finding is 46% of those people talk about the fact that their partner snubs them by using their phone. Hmm. Yeah. I have a rule that I that I try to stick by. If it's during business hours, then I kind of have to leave the phone on the table. But if it's not, if it's dinner, if it's a nice romantic dinner, then no, the phone is definitely in the jacket pocket or something. Well, that's good. That's good dating advice. But it's even happening with relationships. You know, I know some of my friends, their husbands, for instance, are lawyers. And it's the society that we've created that we always have to be available and Hmm. the psyche behind it seems to be that well if i'm not available to my client at 10 o'clock at night they might go somewhere else so right you know and i think that's really kind of being taking its toll on relationships in general so when you're starting one i mean if you're with your husband that you've been with for 20 years and they're doing that you've kind of gotten used to it they're paying the bills and you're paying the bills and it's just how we make our our mark but when it comes to dating, you don't have that history yet. So it's it's a real turnoff right from the beginning. 
And it's hard to, it's a barrier to getting to know someone, right? You're in the middle of a very intense conversation, maybe uh, having a really deep talk, and then all of a sudden someone's on their on their phone and you're, and you're like, well, I, 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 would you would you rather be somewhere else? I can I can go if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and where would you be going? I'm not sure, but but I've been, sure. I've been on a couple of bad dates where uh, where yeah, it seemed like uh, it seemed like there was too much interest in the phone, and, and that's definitely a turnoff. Well, and and the thing is, you're at an age where some of the women that you're dating probably don't have children. I would think like a lot of them yeah. are still single, single. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're doing it, when you're 40s and 50s, the difference is you do have children. So I would advise people that if you are going on a date and you have your children and they're in your care for that night, just explain it to the person that you're with, that you'll respond only if it's your children. Because we do have to be. I'm, I'm a single mother and I have to be on call for my son. And that's definitely something that I would respond to. Or sandwich generation, you know, your elderly parents. But in the middle of that whole thing is a lot of gray area. And just stay out of the gray. Like, Mm. keep that phone turned off. So very important lesson. And especially if you want to get to a position where you can put a ring on it, which is... Good segue. It's a good segue into the fact that they have had studies shown that for people who have been married over 13 years... If they have spent between $2,000 and $4,000 on an engagement ring, you are 1.3 times more likely to end up in divorce hmm. than if you had spent, let's say, five to $2,000. That's actually what the study talked about. So, guys, if you're out there, don't put the pressure on yourself. Um, keep it light and easy, I guess. So, the basically, motto. the more you spend, the more likely you'll be The more the likely, more likely you divorced? are to get wow. divorced. Yeah, I'm not... really sure how that comes about maybe it has something to do with the pressure that you feel um Mm. you know if if the if the pressure is on from the woman from the beginning that she expects a certain amount of things in the relationship and starting with a diamond i want you know a one carat versus a two carat versus a three carat maybe that sets the tone for expectations maybe the diamond is so big it's blinding your true emotions yeah, no, no, that's not going to okay. work. No, no, no. <laughs> Good try, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe if people go over the top on the flash, maybe that's a sign that that uh, that you're missing maybe something a bit more basic, a bit more simple. Well, and and let's face it, that's what relationships are all about: is the basic of it. It wasn't about the size of the diamond; it mm. was about the intention. I know when I got married, my ex-husband had said to me, "Do you want a diamond ring?" Or at that time, you know, we had to make choices, right? So it was a diamond ring or a trip. I chose the trip. And I do remember, though, that I was on the plane flying over to California. And he said to me, are you disappointed you don't have a ring? And I said, you know what? The only thing that I'm disappointed is for my future, I think about handing down something to my children. Mm -hmm. And I would love something that identifies that. So we actually put a $500 budget on buying something why we were on our trip and we would choose a location that meant something to us and we'd buy something there and that was the ceiling that we put onto that ring i like that idea trip or diamond i probably would have taken the trip too well, if i was a if I yeah, was a woman, yeah. I, I mean your memories are forever also and and in the end i got both right because i got a ring and I got the trip. <laughs> That's ideal. That's ideal. So there, there you have it. You can even like hit them at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so uh, today's show is all about the modern dating man, and um, I, we'll have our, our panel as well, and we'll have Dave Kaufman, who's a, who's a manly man. He's with Expos Nation and CJD, of course, and we'll have yeah. uh, Mike Jeffcott, who's uh, the spokesperson for Movember. And I think Cheryl, uh, tell me if you agree. I, I think the modern dating man is someone who's uh, who's a lot more aware of his health. 
especially for things like Movember or, or other health issues than, than perhaps uh, the previous generation. I think you're right. And I think that they're also, in some cases, a lot more in tune with their emotions as well. Yeah. You know, I think that the people are evolving. We're evolving more and more. And women are evolving in a certain way. Men are evolving in a certain way. And wouldn't it be great if we could just put it all together under one roof, right? For sure. That is what the intention is, getting under one roof. I mean, I think uh, men have uh, have a side to them that uh, that could be a little bit uh, a little bit female, and and women have a side to them that could be a little bit male. You know, I think we can learn and pick up some tricks from each other more often. Yeah, well, there, there's a balance there, mm-hmm. right? You know, you don't. One of the things is, I was just working with a client this week, and she was talking about the date she had recently, and I just sat there listening to her, and she, this is a very bright, very powerful, very funny woman, and and beautiful. But even when she was talking to me. She had boxing gloves on, and I was like, you got to take off the boxing gloves. You know, that's not something that you need to own. You know, we can be capable, we can be independent, but we don't have to come out, you know, punching. And, mm. you know, we have to think about that. And men, yeah, you can definitely go and find that softness in you and look at things from rose-colored glasses, let's say, and, and just get more in touch with your feelings because we all have them and that's what we want to share with each other all right the modern dating man the subject of the uh, the uh, program tonight we'll have the professional wingman coming up in just a moment thomas edwards basically the real life hitch he'll join us here on solo in the city on news talk radio cjad 800 yeah and don't forget he's also married to Lori davis and she is the author of e-flirt and um that's a whole different show altogether all right solo in the city on cjad This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and today, Cheryl, on the program, it's all about the modern dating man. So we'll talk about Movember in a little bit uh, with our panel, and uh, it's all about, I guess, how to how to date. Um, as a modern, healthy, enlightened male person like myself. (laughs) I'm glad you put yourself into that one, Dan. Yeah, and you know what? Who better than to come on the show today than Thomas Edwards? He's the professional wingman. So welcome to the show, Thomas. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, thank you for being here. Because you know what? We keep referring to you as the real-life hitch. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I, I like to think that I'm a little bit better, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, you are better because you're the real thing. Exactly. So tell me, first of all, um, what type of person, what type of man is utilizing your services? So the majority of the men are actually very successful professional guys who, you know, one of the biggest uh, misperceptions of you know, the kind of clientele that I work with is that people, most people think that they're awkward or they're nerdy. And that's just so far from the case. These people are actually normal people, quote unquote, like you and I. Um, they're social. I mean, they have friends. They do go out. They grab drinks like us. They, they work out like us. They dress like us. <laughs> um, the problem is when they're in a social situation and they see someone that they want to talk to, that they're attracted to, they don't know how to go from first approaching someone to then making that turn into what could be a potential relationship. 
Right. Well, you know what? I was on a show around a month ago um, on the radio here, and we got into a conversation about the wingman. And I remember one of the other people on the show said, well, the wingman is all about teaching people how to use cheesy lines and pick women up and just get laid. And I was like, no, that's not it at all. And what do you you say to a comment like that? You know, I I personally don't work with people who, you know, are, are trying to use these skills. Uh, for a means to get laid or to use lines. You know, I personally don't even give my clients lines because what I want them to realize is that you can meet someone in any given situation, whether it's at a bar or walking down the street or in line at a Starbucks or at the gym. It really does not matter. What, what you really need to understand is more of not only how to develop the confidence to, to, to break the ice initiate conversation, but also the strategies that take place that allows you to facilitate an interaction that can lead to potentially getting a number or a date or being able to see them again. What are some of those fears and challenges that you see the most in your clients? I mean, the, the top two things are fear of rejection, mm-hmm. obviously. I think that's usually the common thread. And the second thing that guys worry about is what do I say? <laughs> yeah. And I always comment and I tell them, you know, most guys, it's like an 80 20 rule. You know, 80% of the guys worry about what to say when it only amounts to 20% of the potential outcome of an interaction. Right. You know, one of the things is that women have to bear in mind is, especially out in public, and I can understand this term you said about rejection, is that if a gentleman is out nine times out of ten, he's walking across the room to speak to somebody, and then if she rejects him, there's that walk of shame that he has to deal with. So that is definitely something very real for these men. Definitely. I mean, I, what I've come to realize is when I work with my clients and I ask them what's the worst that could happen, and they'll have, to have all these elaborate stories that they've you know, thought about, obviously, for a very long time of, like, drinks being thrown in their faces, people laughing at them when they're walking away, or, like, you know, women calling security, <laughs> you know, all these really ridiculous things. And Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what's a woman thing? doing if they're calling security? That sounds really bad, <laughs> actually. Well, these are, these, are the, these are the stories that, you know, my clients will make up in their mind thinking the worst of the worst, uh-huh. the worst case scenario. And in my seven years of doing this, I've never seen a worst case scenario play out in reality. And so it makes them realize that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, the chances are the worst you can think of will actually not happen. And so it doesn't seem so scary to actually make an attempt to do it if you, if you know that the worst that you were thinking of isn't actually going to play out that way. Right. We're, we're on air right now with Thomas Edwards. He is the professional wingman, so he knows how to help you make the first approach and to be comfortable and confident about it. So what do you think? I know for myself when I'm talking to gentlemen and they're asking me um, about that initial date, what to do, not to do. And I say one of my top things I always say is don't get too sexual and and, and too flirty and too intimate too fast. What do you suggest to people on a first date? Yeah. Like when it comes I to think, dating uh, and flirting, what yeah, are the no-nos? Yeah. So, you know, I think having some witty, fun, flirty banter, I think is very important because, you know, when you first meet up with someone, whether it's online or you meet them offline, you want to be able to have a gauge of some physical chemistry and there needs to be a level of physical comfort that exists. I don't think it needs, necessarily needs to escalate. I mean, last night I was out with a, a group of girls and uh, they were asking me, Hey, like, what do you think about you know having a first kiss? You know, a first kiss on a first date. These days, I don't think it's ne- is that necessary. I think guys kind of 
play like once again they create this story in their mind thinking that the first kiss is everything and it needs to happen on a first date when honestly it's more about the experience if, if she has a good time with you and she feels physically comfortable around you that kiss will, will come around eventually uh, it doesn't need to happen on the first date so i think as long as there's a little bit of uh fun flirtation that goes on then you know the the, the sexual uh, intimacy and, and the escalation actually can be implied over time Right. You, you mentioned, by the way, online. Now, for anybody listening, um, let's tell them. You met your wife, Lori Davis. She's the founder of eFlirt and the author of Love at First Click. So it's all about online dating and, and how to do about it. You met online, right? Yes. We actually met on Twitter, of all platforms. Oh, really? So yeah, you were a fan exactly. of hers and she was of yours? Well, she, I actually... <laughs> Now, this is the truth. I, I didn't actually know that she existed. <laughs> oh, really? So she actually, yeah, she ended up finding me online, um, searching the hashtag, and she happened to like my Twitter stream, so she reached out to me. And we had a little bit of back and forth, but it kind of faded away. And then her being as relentless as she normally is, she uh, direct messaged me and said, hey, like, we should grab a drink and, and see how we can collaborate. Now, little did I know that that was kind of her way of getting in. <laughs> and next thing you know, you know, we're chatting, we're getting to know each other, and then we ended up dating just a month later. So do you think your professional background helped you to, let's say, not be intimidated by somebody who wrote the book on flirting? You know, it's very interesting because we always get asked if, you know, do we use our professional skill sets on each other? And I think that that's just not, it's not the case. I, mean, I think, if anything, it's the complete opposite. I mean, if you want to hear, like, a real, like, hitch story, <laughs> it's like story, it's very, very similar. I felt like I wasn't as smooth and, and suave as I, you know, normally project myself to be. And I think that was a good sign for me to know that I could actually be a normal person around her. And that was a huge selling point for me when it came to, you know, what I thought about her. Right. You know, I, it's funny. This week I was talking with a gentleman. He owns a restaurant here in town. And we were talking about a lot of the restaurateurs in town and the chefs of a lot of the trendy restaurants. They're all single. And he said, you know, I, I think I'm kind of going to stay single. And I said, yeah, you think that until you meet a woman who makes you a little weak at the knees and takes that away from you. And that's what it sounds like happened with you and Lori. Yeah, Gets you off I, guard, I right? Happily, I was happily single. You know, I was actually, you know, going on dates with, you know, women at the time. I was focusing on my business. And so my life was very, very uh, great at the time. And she came in and destroyed everything. <laughs> 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 no, but like, honestly, she was, it was one of those things where she came around and, you know, how I felt about her and the experiences we were having, it just naturally progressed in a way that made me feel like, this was who I wanted and what I wanted to do and, you know, and, and, and where I wanted to be with her. And so it, it wasn't like a, a forced decision or anything like that. Just, everything was just so natural at the time. So I just went with it. So I'm, I'm sitting here with Dan. Dan's a single guy. So what okay. would you do? He's single and he's sometimes a little shy. Come on, Sorry. man. Um, very <laughs> politically correct. Sometimes <laughs> well, incorrect. Sometimes oh. incorrect. What would you do? Like, tell Dan, if you were pitching him to hire you, what would it be that you would be helping him with? So let me ask you, Dan, like, when you see an attractive woman, like, mm -hmm. what goes through your mind? You know, what, what, and what happens? Do you actually approach them? If you do, what do you say? How do, how do interactions typically go? 
Depends. Uh, if I'm if I'm in a flirty mood, uh, sometimes I will approach women for sure. I'll I'll say something usually about the like about the scene, about our environment, make a comment about what's going on around us. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. not a big pickup line guy, so my pickup line is, "Hi, I'm Dan. How are you? What's going on?" Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We we, we did have a show. We did have a show recently be, um, because we were having our elections about politics of dating. And Dan kind of felt that it was okay on a first date to ask somebody their political standpoint. <laughs> and everybody on the panel went, "Not if you want a second date." And she votes for the other side. You might not want to do that. <laughs> What's your? Yeah, viewpoint? I mean, on a, on a first date, I mean, I would. You want to avoid conversations that are very polarizing because in go. the event that there are contrasting views. It might be a great conversation, but it may not be a conversation that'll lead to a second date. So that's definitely something to to avoid for sure. Now, if you met someone at a bar and you, that conversation came up, I think that's different because the context is really it's a lot different than being on a first date because right. you can have that conversation and make that determining factor whether or not you guys want to see each other for a first date. So on a first date, I would skip those kind of conversations. Well, thank you, Thomas. That was so great. I loved having you on the show. That's Thomas Edwards, the professional wingman. And if you um, want to contact him, how do they get you, Thomas? They can actually go to theprofessionalwingman.com, or if they want to actually reach out to me directly on Twitter, I'm at twitter.com slash Thomas H. Edwards. Thomas Edwards, thanks so much. And coming up on Solo in the City, the modern dating men join our roundtable. We'll have uh, Mike Jeffcott from Movember and Dave Kaufman from CJAD here at TSN 690 and Expos Nation. Very manly man. See you next. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and it's time for our dating roundtable. The dating debate brought to you by Solo in the City Dating. Just head over to solointhecity.tv. Click on dating to meet new people in Montreal. And Cheryl, who do we have this week? We have Mike Jeffcott. He is Movember's spokesperson in Quebec. And as well, Dave Kostman. He's the host at CJAD 800 and TSN 690. Baseball fans, you know him. He's a board member with the Expos Nation. Welcome, Mike, and welcome, Dave. How are you doing? Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Oh, it's, it's such a pleasure. You know, with Movember and everything, it's a lot of talk about facial hair and what women like, what women don't like. And I, we can't first just belittle what it's all about because it's a very you know special reason that Movember came around, right? Well, absolutely, and uh, that's also not a problem to have fun while we're doing it. So it's one of the things exactly. that attracted to me to Movember in the first place. So, um, you know, the basics is that Movember is a men's health charity. Uh, they operate year-round, but in November, they uh, challenge men to grow mustaches for the uh, entire month. So you shave clean on the first, and uh, you see what you can grow in 30 days. So in, a, in an area where we talk about, you know, the lumberjack beard and the mustaches, we also know that statistics show that women don't actually love men with a lot of facial hair. They think it's actually a mask that people wear. What do you think, Dave, about that? I think it might actually be a mask in a certain way. You know, uh, you guys have makeup. We don't have much else to go on. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think in a certain way, the beard is, uh, I, I mean, at least for myself, I, I've, been, I've worn a beard for years and 
part of it's to cover up whatever blemishes there are that that maybe I'm not super happy with. Um, I've never gone mustache though. I've always supported Movember and friends who are daring enough to grow a mustache, but that Magnum PI look just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sitting here and I have uh, Mike in studio with us, and I see the mustache is definitely coming out there. Beautiful blonde mustache. It's it's coming in. <laughs> blonde hair it makes it a little harder. You know, we uh, we have to work harder at the beginning of the month, but uh, by the end of it, I should have something that's well. That's it. And it's, I can only imagine what it looked like on the third or the fourth of the month. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Are you allowed to trim this during? Yeah, absolutely you are. I, I mean, you want it to be as long as you can get it, right? But uh, you have to groom your mustache. I think there's a big difference between a well-groomed, clean mustache and something that's just like hanging down in front of your mouth. Uh, I, I, I personally think there's a big difference there. You should tell me probably. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, I think it's a lot for women that we think about kissing it and it's either prickly or it's soft. Do you have to like treat it in the meantime? <laughs> uh, I, I don't have any treatments myself. There might to make be some it nice stuff and soft? There. I don't know. <laughs> I know uh, there's a there's a Movember uh, lipstick being sold at Sephora. Maybe if you went down there, you could you know find some uh, mustache grooming products. I'm not really too sure about it, but just you know trimming it over your mouth is uh, is an important step. Uh, I always say it's an underserved niche market. Uh, maybe... There are definitely beard softeners out there. I, now I've that's what that. I was wondering. There yeah. must be. Yeah, there are. Waxes. Well, Dan, you, you've got like that five o'clock thing happening. Yeah. You, you keep it like really closely shaven. Yeah. So, November, do you want to grow it a little bit longer or you're going to keep it at that five o'clock? Um, I usually keep it like this because uh, the, the mustache look, I'm not sure, uh, works for me. That, and, and because you can't, can't really tell. And it also takes me a very long time to grow a mustache. So, I, I would definitely lose the competition. So, I'd rather just maybe say, uh, let, let, the, let the manly men do it. And uh, and maybe that's that's my next question though because this is the kind of thing that I think maybe wouldn't have happened twenty years ago. It's it takes a lot of guts I think to 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 promote this kind of event, especially because it's a very intimate problem, right? Uh, I agree a hundred percent. I think that even when I started doing Movember, it's been about five six years now, and it was very different. Uh, you know, five years ago, you'd walk down the street and you'd be the only guy with a mustache you'd probably see in a day. Um, I don't know if it's thanks to Movember, but I think today the style has really made a bit of a comeback, and uh, you see mustaches year-round at this point. Um, but so it's I, not just that, though. It's the idea that, that, and I think I credit women and the breast cancer movement mm-hmm. for, for men being more open mm-hmm. and, and more willing to express that, that, yeah, this is something that is killing us and that we need to be on top of. And I think we totally took that lead from women. Well, because it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's like one in eight will be diagnosed in their lifetime, right? Uh, yeah, I've even seen you know statistics that say as much as one in six. Oh, really? So, And then tes- testosterone cancer, you're talking about kids starting at 15. I mean, it's, it's 15 to 29. Is There's a huge common factor there. Isn't that shocking? It was, uh, it was amazing to me to find out that information wow. as well. Yeah, and 15-year-olds, though, sometimes can't grow that mustache right now. <laughs> it's something that they should... We, maybe we should find something else for younger people who want to participate in Movember. What can we do for young people who want to support this cause? Well, Movember has another way of participating this year. We have something called the Move Challenge, which is just to be physically active every day for oh, the month of November. That's great. But actually, I have a lot of young people involved in Movember who are growing mustaches, and they're not the greatest mustaches necessarily. <laughs> but from my point of view, if you come to the end of Movember and you have you know a, a small... Uh, difficultly grown mustache to me I, I have nothing but respect for you because you've gone out there and you, you've put your face on the line and it's certainly not easy but at the end of the day for Movember the mustache is just a tool and it's a tool to start conversations so you know whether it's thanks to um, the the breast cancer movement whether it's thanks to Movember in part 
um, the important part is that people start talking about things. And, you know, as you're pointing out with the, especially the young people, 15 to 29, I don't think a lot of them are feeling very comfortable talking about, uh, you know, testicular cancer. But if we can help that along just a little bit, make it a little bit more comfortable, then we've done our part. Um, I'm sitting here with Mike Jeffcott. He's Movember's spokesperson in Quebec and Dave Kaufman, host at CJAD and TSN 690. And we're talking about Movember and also just dating in general for the modern man. Now, are you, are you presently dating? Are you active in the dating world? No, I mean, I'm in a serious relationship, so okay. I, I'm not active in the dating world in that sense, no. When, when you met your partner, do you, did you wear a beard? Did you have a mustache? Uh, I can't remember because uh, I usually change up my facial hair quite a bit. If you keep it for too long, you can end up keeping it forever. So I'm not sure if I did or didn't. But she does like the facial hair. Oh, she does like yeah, it. Yeah, she definitely likes it. You know, she, I think she might prefer the, the sort of 5 o'clock shadow to the mustache itself. But uh, there's not a lot of complaints with the mustache either. So maybe I just got lucky. Um, I, I just think that there's probably more women out there who like it than maybe we'd be aware of. No, actually, statistics show that most women do not like it. We've talked about this quite a few times on the show, um, and especially when it comes to facial hair. Women, they really don't like it. And, and it's also a visual thing because they do think that you're hiding something. That I understand. I was once told in a, in a different career that uh, you're 5% less trustworthy if you have a beard. But like yeah. I said, for me personally, it's never, pre- it's never presented a problem. And uh, like I said, you know, maybe it's just the niche market and uh, the, the women who do like it, you know, don't, don't see it enough. Well, and maybe what are the they're... splits on this percentage, Cheryl? Oh, it's, it's, it's quite high. Well, I was going to ask you, Dave, I was coming to you to ask your opinion, but it's quite high, and I don't remember the statistics. It's something like 64% or something of women. And there's also a quite a large, I think it was 46% by memory, that many men have been fired at least once in their career because of beard. Well, thank God I work in radio. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You hide behind a microphone, right? <laughs> but in the meantime, um, so Dave, you were saying that your girlfriend likes it. Yeah, she uh, never complained. I've had it the uh, entire time we've been dating. And uh, th- there's never been a, what are you hiding back there? I, it's, you know, it's funny. When you said that, I thought about Thomas Mulcair, who uh, mm-hmm. just unsuccessfully ran for prime minister. I don't and, think it was because uh, of his beard, though. <laughs> well, you know what? D- Dan might be able to help me out on this because there was a number that was being touted. Uh, I can't remember the last time, but it's been at least 100 years since Canadians elected a prime minister who had a beard. It was a while, yeah. Really? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, just, we're just not ready for a bearded prime minister, apparently. Uh, I can't so then we should be doing a woman. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> But, you know, I, I do want to talk about this for a second, about you were saying that people aren't ready to discuss certain things. And that brings us back to, you know, myself, when we were talking about menopause, you know, there's andropause. I mean, men don't like to talk about certain things. I would agree. I think that a lot of people don't like to talk about certain things. And when you're talking about prostates and testicles, that's definitely falls into that category. So uh, one of, you know, Movember's main goals is to start conversations about these topics and take the taboo away a little bit. I like to think we've made some headway, uh, but there's definitely a, a long way to go as well. Um, you know, just talking well, before you compared it to 20 years ago. And, and if you think about it, it, just in that regard, it's night and day. Well, I want to thank you both for being on the show. This was great. I have, would have so many more questions. Maybe we can even have a follow-up conversation uh, at a later point and put it on a podcast because it's been wonderful having you, Mike. Thank you so much. And Dave, we're going to be listening to you on the radio a little later. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheryl answers your dating questions and tells you where to go and be seen with her kiss calendar next. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD.
You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. I'm co-host Dan Delmar. Cheryl, what is on your KISS calendar this week for Montreal? Okay, a few things. Cook and Date. They're hosting Mediterranean Cooking Night. This is for ages 20 to 35. It's happening on Thursday. Also, it's Salsa Night at Calistoga Grill in Point Claire. This is organized by the West Montreal 40-plus singles meetup group, and it happens at 9 p.m., and it's $10. Then the weekend. It's the first edition of Le Weekend au Masculin. Now we're talking about Movember here. There's going to be a lot of events happening also for Movember, so check out their calendar because there's things that you can attend. But this is a whole weekend geared towards exposing things. There's, I think, something like 80 exhibitions that are happening there, all about things that men, you are going to love. And there's also workshops going on there. So this is happening at Place Bonaventure. And again, it's happening all weekend long. Now, lastly, I do want to talk about the fact that Solo in the City is getting really active. Now, last night, we were at Pandora, and we recorded our show there. That was so much fun again. uh, Thank you for Pandora for hosting us. And we had two guests on the show as well. These are two fantastic women, Dina and Carol, and they are hosting a retreat themselves coming up. So you can find more online about that. But it also brings me to talking about Dan, I'm really excited about this. January 22nd to 24th, Solo in the City. I am hosting a women's retreat here in Montreal. It's only for 10 women. Now, this is going to be a very intimate weekend, and it's called I Am. And it's kind of going with a posting that I did a couple weeks ago, and it's all about who we are and owning ourselves and discovering ourselves and owning more about what we discover. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be taking place at Poit-Panchet, one of my favorite places downtown. You like it there? Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic, eh? The seafood towers and everything. I may have to crash the party maybe at some point on the weekend, but we'll see. Yeah, well, it's going to be really (laughs) exciting because we're starting like on Friday night with a champagne tasting so we can learn about that. And then we're going to go into the entire weekend of I Am and doing everything from workshops about conquering our fears, like when I became single, you know, that fear of flying solo and then realizing we have to kind of take hold of ourselves and learn to fly solo before we can bring on that co-pilot. I actually wrote an article about that. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was published. Anybody want to read it, it's out there, and uh, it's part of Living Legacies. So I think it was in Volume 3, actually. Um, I'm very, very excited about this first retreat because we're going to be doing things all weekend. It's going to be really about enjoying our city, getting out there. It's part of keeping it simply social and uh, learning also how to be comfortable just being solo. All right. Well, lots more information on that on uh, solointhecity.tv. Uh, should be an interesting project and uh, pretty pretty exciting. And that, that hotel is very, has gotten very good reviews. I'm sure it's going to be lovely. It's great. Eh? You know, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's sexy. It's mm-hmm. flirty. It's sophisticated. Everything that a woman really wants to possess. Actually, everybody wants to possess those things, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so SolonCity.tv for more info on that. Uh, and also Cheryl answers uh, your dating questions every week here on Solo in the City. And this week, uh, the email, by the way, is Cheryl at SolonCity.tv if you want to s- send her questions. And we chose Diane's this week. So here it is. Uh, Dear Cheryl, I listened to your show on menopause and I was wondering, uh, what should I do if I get hot flashes while on a date? How do you ah. deal with that? Okay, well... First of all, we all know that it comes and it goes, and you can kind of just rest assured that it's going to happen to everybody at some point. I have a few things that I do. First of all, I don't necessarily stop and address it, but I make uh, an attempt to take care of myself in a fun flirty way. So it might be as simple as reaching for your water glass and you can hold it very gently to your chest and it just gives you a cooling feeling. And if you do it in such a way where it's nonchalant, you know, like I'm sitting here now and I'm taking my hand and I'm slowly bringing it to my chest line, but there's a glass in there and it cools you. The other thing is I learned this in yoga and it's a a cooling breath. Now, imagine yourself, you take your tongue, try it down. Stick uh-huh. out your tongue yeah. uh-huh. and curl it, and then you breathe through it. Now, not everybody can curl their tongue this way, but if Am you... Am I doing it? Uh, no, you're not curling. Okay. Okay, we might have to practice that a little bit. Okay, but if you curl your tongue and you breathe in, it's called the cooling breath, and it's especially for women in menopause. Now, you don't want to do it at the dinner table facing your date where you've got your tongue sticking out. He's going to think you're a complete, like... You know, freak. But if you bring it slightly into your mouth, you can do it, and you can do it in such a way that you will see it's going to cool you down, and that breath has to go right through. You're still trying it down. It, you, uh, you, ladies, you got to see what's going on here, okay? No, you're panting like a dog. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't uh, want to pant like I a dog. Up. But that, that's you know just some of it, and okay. then obviously you know the napkin very comfortably coming up to your mouth and you can just dab your forehead if you have to and as a last resort if you really need to you excuse yourself from the table and you know that it's going to pass go into the washroom cool yourself down and come out refreshed all right thanks diane for emailing in you can ask Cheryl your questions cheryl at solo in the city.tv um, any final thoughts on uh, on the modern dating man well you know what i just think that it's uh, this time of year where we're obviously thinking about men, I do think that there are a lot of men out there who right now are thinking there's plenty of fish out there. But the fact is when I sit down with a lot of men and my clients who talk to me, they all want that woman. So there is back and forth on this issue. Women think there's no men. Men think there's no women. The fact is everybody's out there. So I don't think that modern man is the different from modern woman. I think there's just so much going on there and so much outside influences like our cell phones that are blocking us from actually being au courant and present rather than thinking modern and what's better. All right. Don't forget, uh, join us every week here on Solo in the City, Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on News Talk Radio CJAD 800. You can listen to all the episodes on solointhecity.tv. Have a great week, Cheryl. Thank you, Donna. And for all of you, remember, you'll hear Pandora's recording next Saturday on air. It's all about nourishing your soul. And for any other details on this week's events and many more, go to solointhecity.tv. Check out the KISS calendar because it's all about keeping it simply social. See you next week.